0: With the rise of phishing and masquerade scams, fraud and cybercrime are a concern for any business. Ask your Whitney banker how fraud prevention services can help lower your risk. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC.
1: Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com Additional support comes from Luba Workers' Comp, Schuert Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's AB Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birken Road Reports. It's business New Orleans style.
2: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal, host of Out to Lunch Baton Rouge. Sitting in today for Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch New Orleans inspiration is described as taking two concepts that are totally unrelated and putting them together. For example, if you're young, you might not know that for a long time, a phone and a camera were two very distinct objects with unrelated functions. In 1997, a tech inventor by the name of Philippe Kahn wanted to send friends and family instant photos of his newborn daughter, and he created what was to become the first cell phone camera. Sitting across the lunch table from me today are two New Orleanians who both have similarly inspired ideas. Ramsey Green has a new business that could change how you buy homeowner's insurance. And Mike Massey could change how you buy just about everything else. Ramsey Green might not be a household name in New Orleans, but, you know, he probably should be. After Hurricane Katrina, Ramsey was deputy superintendent of the Recovery School District. He was responsible for negotiating with FEMA and managed to turn their offer of $200 million into two. dollars billion dollars, the largest FEMA allocation to a local government in history. Today, Ramsey is co-founder and COO of a company called My Strong Home. My Strong Home replaces or retrofits a house with a roof that is hurricane strength wind resistant. It's not just the technology of strengthening the roof that's revolutionary, it's also the link to your homeowner's insurance. Because of the designation of the roof as fortified, your homeowner's insurance premium goes down. And there's more. My Strong Home will structure your rewritten homeowner's policy so you actually pay nothing to get your house fortified. Ramsey, it sounds too good to be true. I'm looking forward to hearing how it works. Thanks for being here on Out to Lunch.
3: Thank you so much for having me,
2: Stephanie. Now, if you've bought anything lately that was more serious than an impulse purchase at the grocery, there's a good chance you researched it online. Reportedly, 83% of everything we buy in a retail store starts out with us checking it out online. This behavior is so widespread it has a name. It's called Omnichannel Retailing. Mike Massey is president of Massey's Outfitters, the chain of outdoor retail stores in Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Mike is also a pioneer of Omnichannel Retailing. He's co-founder and president of a company called Locally. Locally is a technology that forms a bridge between online research of major brands and local in-store retail purchases. For example, if you're checking out ASIC's running stores on the ASIC site and you find a shoe you like, you'll discover that you can get that shoe right now at Academy Sports in Gretna or at a store called Louisiana Running and Walking on Oak Street Uptown. It sounds so simple, but really it's revolutionary. Mike, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you, Stephanie. Well, Ramsey, insurance companies offer a number of ways to reduce your monthly premium. A security system lowers it some. Storm shutters will bring it down a little more. But these reductions are all after the fact. In other words, like if I pay a large amount of money to get storm shutters installed, the insurance company will reduce my premium by a slight amount. But the difference with that and what you're doing with My Strong Home is that you're restructuring homeowners insurance so that I'm not having to lay out any money at all. Is this like getting a new cell phone for so-called free when in reality I'm paying for it every month? Or is there some other configuration you've invented? Because this really sounds pretty incredible.
3: Yeah, it's it's um, it's a pretty interesting model. So I, I, I'll back up a little bit about how we sort of came about this idea. And um, I have two co-founders, Margot Brandenburg, who has a deep background in social investment. She used okay. to work at the Rockefeller Foundation. And our sort of chief of insurance is a woman named Eleanor Kitzman, who served two governors as commissioner of insurance in Texas and South Carolina. And basically what we realized is we put together some philanthropic money to test the idea. Could you retrofit a home and the homeowner's insurance, let's say, starts at $3,000 and it goes down to $2,000 per year? Well, what about if I took that savings and spent it now to retrofit that house now? And so what we've become is a financing entity using that savings as the financing mechanism. So wow. we're basically liquidating that savings and getting your a retrofitted home now. So for the, for the homeowner, the advantage is, okay, I need a new roof, mm-hmm. right, which typically $10,000 out of pocket. We can significantly reduce that by using that reduced premium to pay for the vast majority, if not all of it, right now.
2: So it's key to this is to get buy-in from the insurance companies, right? Yes. They have to be partners in this.
3: Yes. So we we started with <laughs> one carrier. It's called the carrier name is Federated National. The holding company is called SageSure, and they were doing really innovative things. They started after the 2005 hurricane season in Florida. Which when you're thinking, who would start a homeowners insurance company in Florida after the 2005 <laughs> hurricane season? Um, and they were looking at okay, let's let's look at what goes into the house and figure out some ways to reduce that premium for the homeowner so we can have a competitive advantage and reducing our risk, but also lowering our homeowner's insurance costs to the homeowner make it more affordable. Since we started with that one carrier, we're now up to four. We act as the agent. We are very close to moving into Florida and um, Texas. Uh, We have a new Mississippi carrier, so we're starting to work in Mississippi. But we started in South Carolina, Louisiana, and Um, Alabama.
2: And is it difficult as a homeowner um – to to qualify for this
3: it's it's not typically difficult it requires some patience because we have to underwrite the insurance we have to secure the we have to make sure that um, we're providing that financing and we have to do an assessment on the home but typically if you sign up with us online to the point at which we've given you your certificate for your retrofitted home we, we reach a standard set by the insurance industry 30 to 45 days which you know for a lot of people they're fine with that yeah
2: well i mean this is such a revolutionary idea and Mike Massey, you also really have a revolutionary idea. I know Walmart and Amazon are locked in a battle for who can successfully combine offline and online purchasing. Amazon wants retail stores. Walmart wants to be online. And the current wisdom seems to be that for retailers to survive, they have to figure out how to bridge this. The problem is the word how. And Amazon is trying to solve that by spending billions buying Whole Foods. Walmart's trying to solve it by spending billions buying online retailers. And you... Have quietly come out with locally, which takes online shoppers and turns them into offline retail store buyers. Have you invented the holy grail that retail has been waiting for? Uh,
0: we'll see. <laughs> We've been working on it for three and a half years now, and um, you know, the, the momentum has never been higher. Every month that goes by, we, you know, we're adding hundreds of new stores and we're adding national important brands and we're meeting with large brands like Nike and Patagonia and North Face and Asics. And, um, you know, and, and it's great because brands and retailers who up until recently didn't see where retail was heading now are looking at us and saying, this is probably the most important thing that, that's going to emerge over the next decade.
2: Yeah. So how does it work? Um, I mean, sort of walk us through the process. If, if I'm a shopper, for instance... So, um, okay,
0: if you're a shopper, you can visit the brand's website or you can um, do a search for a product in your city, in Google or Bing. You can go to a retailer's website that doesn't do e-commerce. In all of those different places, what we're doing is we're injecting local real-time inventory for local shoppers. So if you let's say you visit Patagonia.com you know, and you are looking for a particular fleece jacket. Um, if that jacket is in your town, it'll appear on the page. And it'll say, this item is available at a local store, and then give you some different options to to put it on hold, go try it on, make the purchase, pick it up that weekend. Um, And soon we'll be launching um, local delivery in about 40 cities. Wow. So um, what we see is an opportunity to take all of the experience that people like Amazon and major e-commerce retailers have built and kind of flip it on its head by turning every local retailer into a distribution point.
2: Now, is the key to get manufacturers buy-in or just strictly the retail outlets? And you gotta go sign them all up individually? You have to get both. Okay.
0: We get both. We go out and we work with retailers. We talk to those retailers. We find out which manufacturers are important to them. We work with trade associations. We spend a lot of time on the road. We visit and train sales reps for the different companies. And um, everybody comes together we like to say that it's a win-win solution. Up until now, um, basically retail, e-commerce, marketplace environments, Walmart, all of those different things, the, the paradigm has always been it's win-lose. And, and what we come in and say, look, Let's put the shopper in the middle of the discussion. Let's let them decide how they want to buy today. Maybe there's a pair of sunglasses that aren't available at a local store, and then they can order those and have them come in two days or a week or whatever it's going to take. But if they are at a local store and the customer wants to try them on, let's make sure the customer stays happy. And that's what builds brand loyalty for both the, the, the brand, the retailer. The customer loves that experience.
2: Now, do you, have you been able to get or do you even want Target or Walmart, for instance? Um, Or does that sort of mess up the whole model?
0: No, it doesn't mess up the model at all. Um, From the very beginning, we knew that um, we are here to serve the customer, the retailers, and the brands. We are completely agnostic to who is on our platform. If you're a local retailer with inventory and the customer would like to be able to see that inventory, then absolutely, we'll put any retailer on the platform.
2: And you're just cold calling these people? I mean, are they receptive nope. to the concept? Or?
0: It's, we don't cold call. Um, you know, this has been one of the, the biggest leaps, when you're, especially when you're talking about starting a company at square one, is, you know, who's the first retailer to come on? Um, and so, basically, we work with a brand and retailer simultaneously. Like, recently, we started, a, um, started doing business with a large shoe chain in, you know, in the Midwest, Trade Home Shoes. And they have about 125 stores, and we started working with them because one brand referred them to us, but then now we've gone through their entire brand portfolio and go to each one of those brands and say, hey, this is what it's going to take for you to work with TradeHome in this way. So it's, there's very much a network effect. It's like stacking bricks. Every single time we work with a retailer, we go out and we say, okay, well, what are the retailers, what are the brands that this retailer works with that we need to now work with? And we can see that because... When a retailer sends their inventory to us, they send a long list of UPCs. We recognize, let's say, eighty percent of them. The other twenty percent, we don't recognize, but we identify them and we say, "Oh, here's three or four new brands we didn't see before in our catalog. Let's go talk to those brands."
2: And then, do you have the metrics to show, you know, your your potential clients the success that the, the, the companies that are signed on with you are having? Um, I mean, is it working?
0: It absolutely. Right now, we're we're um, we're engaging. Um, hundreds of thousands of shoppers per day. We're, we're um, responding to requests for where to buy like six million times per day. We powered, wow. yeah, it's crazy. Um, we power store locators um, all the way, all across the globe for people like Arcteryx and um, you know, Asics and Brooks running, um, like Bretax Babies. We, we, we power all of this. Plus we're, we're deploying more increasingly these product finders that live right on the product page. And then on the flip side of that, when a product page is loaded in New Orleans or in Tampa or in Oklahoma, we transmit the information we're collecting from that shopper to the local retailer. So it's self-fulfilling that we know what people are looking at in your town and we're telling the retailer that you should have these items. So it's kind of like this self-building network yeah. that helps local retailers understand and serve
2: customers better. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal, sitting in for Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Mike Massey from Locally. It's a technology company that turns online shoppers into offline buyers at local retail stores and Ramsey Green from My Strong Home. My Strong Home fortifies your house and lowers your homeowner's insurance. So y'all are both really disruptors, I mean, in your respective industries, would you say? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Is the insurance industry receptive to to what you all are doing? I mean,
3: if you look at from the perspective of the insurance industry, they want to reduce risk and they want to underwrite they want policies. And if we're providing them less risky policies, I mean, it's pretty obvious they ought to be. Sure. Um, I think the, you know, getting people, the consumer, to understand that if you build your house in a certain way, or you retrofit, I should say, your home in a certain way, that it provides you financing money now, that's, that's kind of tricky for people to think through. So mm-hmm. we have to really hit that <coughs> message to folks. But when you look at, you know, I mean, just look at this hurricane season. We had three Category 4 hurricanes that hit the United States. It's becoming something that people realize that mitigation and... Um, and making it so we can continue living in these somewhat vulnerable places we have to build things better yeah. We have to build our built environment in a way that it can withstand pretty substantial events
2: so how are you marketing this to the homeowner
3: so we're, we're looking at a few different ways um, we're actually really popular on Facebook really? particularly in South Alabama I have no idea <laughs> why um, but we're, we're really doing well in Baldwin in Mobile County South Carolina we um, uh, we're also partnering with mortgage companies. We're talking to realtor associations. Um, we are you know, using our carriers as ways of reaching um, customers. And we're working to partner with governments where they do mitigation programs. The state of Alabama is really aggressive um, about a, they have a grant program called Strengthen Alabama Homes. If you live in one of two one of two counties on the coast of Alabama, the government will give you up to ten thousand dollars to retrofit your home. So what our goal would be is to be the sort of gap financer, insurance agent for many of those customers whose, you know, bills come out to fourteen thousand rather than ten. Um, we're doing similar things in South South Carolina.
2: Okay. Well, Ramsey and Mike, this is the part of the show that we call another great idea. So maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got a great idea for you, although I think y'all probably have great ideas for your friends, but they tell you about the job you should apply for, the guy you should have a cup of coffee with, or a great investment opportunity, and you either take this advice and it turns out to be a disaster, or you can dismiss it and miss out on some really great opportunities, or maybe you take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened. So do you have an example in your life or career of a friend who had a great idea for you, and did you take it, and how did it turn out?
0: So the most recent for me was um, was some of my friends telling me that and this was maybe I don't remember exactly but maybe two years ago hey you need to jump on this Bitcoin thing it's really gonna be important <laughs> yeah. and I remember thinking how preposterous the idea was having you know a business degree I'm like oh this is never gonna work this is <laughs> this is crazy and silly and I think you know some of those guys have I really cashed in quite a bit of money at this point
2: I suppose so so, so you wish you had gotten in on Bitcoin early on? Know.
0: In
3: hindsight, it, 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 it
0: seems vague, but sure.
3: Uh, mine was actually my strong home. It was a friend of mine. We were having drinks somewhere on Magazine Street in the Lower Garden District. I think it may have been Juan's. Um, my friend was Omid Sate, who yes. worked for the New Orleans Redevelopment Authority. Mm-hmm. And we started talking about roof nails. And if uh, the roof deck is nailed against uh, the rafters at with more nails than normal, you can lower your insurance costs. And we were like, wait, this is really interesting. (laughs) And like three or four years later, I was in a leadership program where I needed to do something, a project that benefited my community. So I called Omid and I said, what about that roof nail idea? Have you done anything with that? And he said, oh, actually... You need to call Margot, and that's how we ended up. I got linked up with my strong home, and Omid had gone on to Prudential Insurance as the chief of social investment, so he was one of our first funders of wow, this idea. Wow, that's great. Um, but yeah, and when we first had the conversation, it was really about roof nails mm-hmm. and how much they could save you in insurance.
2: Who knew roof nails? <laughs> right. Do y'all have big insurers like uh, State Farm or Allstate?
3: We're not. So that- a, we're not because of what we're doing and our scale. We're we're not going to be. All will say it's not going to come to us right now. You know, if they really wanted to, they could probably break into this space in a, in, a, in a different way. What our value is is we're focusing on basically right now 21 counties in hurricane-prone areas. We've done analysis on what those existing premium costs are and what they could be if the standard we build to is called Fortified. It's a third-party standard set by the insurance and agent, industry where we think those are the, the biggest money points. And mm-hmm. so we're not, um, you know, we're not going to be a, a $1 billion app. But right. we think we can do a really good job in the hurricane space for a little bit and maybe move on to other disasters, the tornado in New Orleans East. Last year we got some interesting phone calls about, you know, what does that power in terms of your premium cost? The work we do actually does protect against the tornado in and that and the, it's wind. It's the wind, um, mm-hmm. wind speed. And then I think flood, as Americans and as New Orleanians, you know, flood is one of the biggest threats and one of the biggest challenges government and the private sector face is flood insurance. And I'd love to see um, what, we, what, you know, brain power we can put well, in. Well, that, that was my next point. question. Can yeah. you
2: fortify these homes against floods? Well, I mean, and apply p- the same principle somewhere down the line to make them.
3: Potentially, but flood resisting a home is it's really a lot expensive. Harder. Yeah. I mean, Mitigation. You mentioned I had worked in government, and yeah, I remember being here post Katrina and driving around, you know, neighborhoods like Broadmoor, Lakeview, and you see these homes going up. They're getting shored up, and that was a a good program in many ways for many homeowners, but it was also government shoveling money out the door um, straight to contractors, and you know, some people missed out, some didn't. What we're doing doesn't actually require a government subsidy, yeah. and you know, if you're able to mitigate a home without a government subsidy, I don't know that that's ever actually been yeah. done before.
2: That's the brilliance of it. Who is investing in y'all's company, Mike? You said you have a lot of partners now. Are they all all your investors, people?
0: Well, the the first group that we started with was um, retailers and trade reps from our industry. You know, it's kind of that friends and family. Hey, we need to do this. You know, we need to figure out ways. Um, to get people online, to get local stores online, you know, we need to, you know, do a better job with this. So it was within the within the trade association. And then most recently, um, we took a round of investment from
3: some local group um, here in town called the Riverbend Partners.
2: Okay, and what about you, Ramsey?
3: Yeah, so our um, primary investors are Prudential Insurance, um, the Rockefeller Foundation, and the Calvert Foundation, which is out of DC. Our investors are, are pretty much social investors. They're not looking for 100% of their money back in a year or two. They're looking for a good return that makes a difference um, yeah. in terms of climate resilience and helping communities in, in areas that you know want to be here in 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Well, and
2: really, you're in the right ecosystem for that here yes. in New Orleans. Well, every important radical change in the world begins with someone having an idea. When you have an idea, there's simply no way you can tell whether it's just another interesting thought or a stroke of genius that's going to change everything. And Ramsey and Mike, both of you are at an interesting point in the development of your businesses, and they're both undeniably great ideas. Are they going to turn out to be revolutionary ideas that change everything? We're all looking forward to finding out, and I'd imagine nobody more so than the two of you. It's been great to meet you both. Thanks for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much, Dan.
2: My guests on Out to Lunch have been Ramsey Green, co-founder and COO of My Strong Home, and Mike Massey, co-founder and president of Locally. You can find out more about Ramsey's roofs and Mike's retail by following the links on our website, itsneworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Matthew Ellison. You can listen to this show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsneworleans.com know what we look like you can find photos from this show on its new and its new orleans facebook page these photos were taken by Allison moon out to lunch is a production of ino broadcasting for its new orleans.com and wwno 89.9 fm i'm stephanie regal thanks for joining me you can find me at out to lunch baton rouge and you can join peter Raschuti next week back here at commander's palace for more business new orleans style on out to lunch
1: Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones-Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com Additional support comes from Luba Workers' Comp, Schuert & Associates, Legal Recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever Great Jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week.
0: With the rise of phishing and masquerade scams, fraud and cybercrime are a concern for any business. Ask your Whitney banker how fraud prevention services can help lower your risk. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com, member FDIC.